Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. And we're so glad to have this web ministry, this outreach from our church here in Tampa, Florida, where I've been the pastor now celebrating 47 years. I'll tell you, praise God. God has been good to us. It's by His mercy, His grace, and His great love that has kept us down through all of these years, and yes, through all of these tears. There have been times of great pressure that have been brought to bear, but the Lord is faithful. I declare His faithfulness today, and because the Scriptures declare it, and because I am a recipient of it, hallelujah, and have experienced it. My wife has had open-heart surgery and come through it uh, with an excited surgeon that was like a little boy on Christmas morning filled with glee of how well it went (laughs) because of God's blessing when she had it. Amen. And allowed me to keep my my wife. <laughs> Amen. When I talked to the surgeon, she, she this was some years ago now, two or three years ago, and it, when I talked to the surgeon, he said she should be good for another 50 years. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm going to have to go to the gym, I reckon, when they open them back up again or when it's safe to go back. Listen, friend of mine, I have, I have had a stroke uh, uh, when I was six 65, and I just turned 74, and God brought me out on the third day from the hospital without any symptoms, without any further therapy, without any medications, without any any other thing at all, and it's kept me to this day, and I am so grateful for God's faithfulness today. Well, I just wanted to celebrate a little bit with you to let you know that God will take you through whatever you you may be facing. He he will not abandon you. He will not leave you orphanous. Amen. Comfortless. But he'll send you another comforter. He has sent you another comforter. Another in scripture it says just like himself, which is the sweet powerful, personal Holy Spirit. And He's here right now to help me minister and to help you to receive it. Glory be to God. Well, we have a message for you today about the blessing of brokenness. The blessing of brokenness. When the most high becomes the most nigh. This is an important message because God wants to hear from heaven And he wants to heal our land, not just our, 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 our nation and the nations of the world in terms of this pandemic, but our families, our land, that that belongs to us, that that is pertinent to us, that, 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 that is, is, is literally something we need so desperately from him. Ronald Short, a dear friend who's with the Lord now, of my dad and myself, down through the years, used to sing and lead us in singing. If we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need Him now. We sure do need Him now. Would you agree with that this morning? If we ever needed the Lord before, 
we sure do need Him now. If we ever needed the Lord to draw nigh to us, it's now. The Scriptures declare that if we draw nigh to God, He'll reciprocate. He will draw nigh to us. Though there are many ways to draw nigh to God, many things we can do, and all of them are important, it all begins with an attitude within our heart. That's why we're talking about the blessing of brokenness. Look at Psalm 34.18, or just mark it down. It says, The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart, and such and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Hallelujah. This attitude of heart is called contrition. The Amplified said, The Lord is close to those who are of a broken heart, and save such as are crushed with sorrow for sin, and are humbly and thoroughly penitent. There's a term you won't hear in many Christian circles today, crushed with sorrow for sin. But it aptly describes contriteness in Scripture. And God draws near to such hearts. Matthew Henry comments on verse 18 this way. They are they that are of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, that is, humble for sin, and emptied of self, and low in their own eyes, and have no confidence in their own merit and sufficiency, but in God alone. Hallelujah. Remember the story that two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, one of the highest, so-called holiest religionist of Christ's day, and the other was a publican, Someone that, I didn't say a Republican, let's don't get political here, amen. Listen, they both went up. They, this other man was, was really hated by the culture and society. And both of them went up to the temple to pray. One self-righteous and one almost self-loathing. Now, God doesn't want you to be self-loathing. He loves you, and that means you are somebody, amen, somebody so special today. But He wants you to be soul-searching, self-searching, self-emptying, amen. He wants you to understand today that He loves you so much. He wants to draw nigh to you. And in that drawing yet nigh to you and me, to help us with whatever our needs are and whatever we're praying for and interceding for. Praise God. Listen, but it begins with being sorry for our sin. It begins by defeating that pride of life, that work of our own flesh. That's it's intrinsic to our flesh. That, that, that brings his resistance instead of him drawing nigh to us because of a hard attitude bringing the right activities forth in our life righteousness before him practical personal not just positional that's already granted through the blood but personal practical righteousness oh friend of mine we need this attitude of heart that god respond responds to 
You know, the scripture said he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Hallelujah. We don't need his resistance. Oh, friend, we need his help. We need him to come to us. We need him to draw nigh to us because we, beginning with a heart attitude of contrition, are drawing nigh to him. This biblical word contrite is only found in four Bible passages. I want to talk to you in the time we have frame about them. Psalm 34, verse 18. Psalm 51, 17. Isaiah 57, 15. And Isaiah 66, 2. And yet the concept of these passages is the key to a real revival and restoration in our hearts and in our churches and in our land and in our world. Listen, when we preach of revival, we tend to point out the actions that God uses to bring revival, like repentance and confession of sin and prayer and Bible study and commitment to the house of God and giving. None of these things are wrong answers. However, They all require something else. They require a change that begins in our heart. And in the Bible, that change in our heart is called contrition. As scriptures teach, God will revive the heart of the contrite ones in Isaiah 57 and verse 15. Let's look at this word where it's found in the text in Psalm 57, 51, rather, 17, says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. The Amplified says, my sacrifice, the sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, broken down with sorrow for sin and humbly and thoroughly penitent. Such, O God, you will not despise. Hallelujah. The great Psalm 51 is the prayer of repentance of King David after his great sin with Bathsheba. It's the cry of a contrite heart. And God heard, and God drew near, and God restored his soul. And you know this, after his great sin, he died with a testimony concerning it being the his words being the last words of 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 a great king in Israel they honored Jesus when they called him son of David because he came through that lineage and without his his contrition and repentance David would have been known for his name would have been known in infamy instead of famous for being a great king and a great follower of God. And the the Psalms that have blessed so many, instructed so many, would have been tarnished and tainted because he would have been known for his debauchery and his sinfulness instead of his repentance and his restoration. Glory be to God. David prayed, wash me with hyssop, and I shall be clean in this psalm. Hallelujah. He said, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. And take not thy 
Holy Spirit from me and restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Hallelujah. This is mighty revival in this man's life. Hallelujah. And mighty restoration. And the result of it, he said, then sinners will be converted unto thee and transgressors will learn thy way. Glory to God. Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen is the next text. This word contrite and how God responds to contrition. It says, for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I will dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Hallelujah. Oh, friend of mine, God draws near to forgive our sin when we have a contrite heart, to lift the unbearable burden of guilt and shame, to revive us. Jesus didn't just come to give his life for us, but he also came to give his life to us, to give us that same powerful life force that raised him from the dead. Amen. Ephesians 2, 1 says, and, and, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin to make alive. And that life is more abundant because it's eternal life, not the eternal life of the body, but of our spirit and soul until our body is raised to be re-inhabited, <laughs> amen, eternally when Jesus returns for us. We literally become conscious of his life within us, the same life that is in Christ, the eternal, everlasting, death-defeating, grave-defying life of power and permanence dwells in every true believer. We lose consciousness of that or we've never become conscious of that until we begin to humble ourselves before God and empty ourselves of self, literally, so that sin doesn't reign in our mortal body, but Christ reigns and the Holy Spirit comes because he's not quenched when he convicts us and he's not grieved when we sin. Hallelujah. Because when we do, we are quick because of contrition to confess our sin. You know, the Bible said if we have, say we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful just to forgive it and to cleanse us from iniquity. Hallelujah. Psalm 71, 19 through 24. Listen. He says, thy, thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who hath done great things, O God? Who is like unto thee? Thou which showed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase. This is restoration. Sometimes, you know, we don't see chastisement right. We don't see it. And we don't see repentance right. We put a negative spin on it. No, this is a positive work of God to convict us and then to restore us. Hallelujah. Thou that hast shown me great troubles, he said, 
shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. In one place, he said that you delivered me from the horrible pit. Oh, hallelujah. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Verse 22 says, I will praise thee with the psaltery, even thy truth, O my God. Unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou holy one of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul shall that which thou hast redeemed. My tongue shall also talk of thy righteousness all day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought to shame that seek my hurt. You see, friend, when God sees a contrite heart, he draws near to save and deliver, to restore and to protect and to provide. To revive again. For contrition is demonstrated by true repentance. And true repentance brings forgiveness and restoration. And when that occurs, the soul of the redeemed (laughs) rejoices. The tongue of the redeemed sings for joy. The enemy is defeated. There's joy in the camp. Peace in the heart and mind courage and strength instead of fear and guilt and trembling. There's a renewed faith that God is for me. Who can be against me? We pray with total confidence. We speak to mountains without doubt. And we see those mountains move. For a mighty God is for us and a mighty God is with us. And it all starts with not just great faith. It all begins with a contrite heart. Don't ever resist conviction, therefore. That's God's Spirit seeking to solicit contrition so He can lead us to repentance so that God can forgive us and restore us and set us free. There's nothing wrong with getting right with God. Amen. I say that to our congregation over and over again. And I want to say it to this listening congregation today. There's nothing wrong with getting right with God. No, we don't wallow in sin every Sunday morning and, 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 and are prisoner of the devil all week and, and come to church uh, having to cry and bawl and squall for forgiveness. No, but from time to time, We will miss it. From time to time, a sin of omission or commission will occur. And when it does, if he sees contrition, if we're sorrowful and we are repentant, and he sees that attitude of heart bringing that action into life, God will not draw away. He will come near to us. Praise God to restore us. Listen to Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build unto me? Now, there's a lot of people thinking that they're building this multi-million dollar edifice for his glory, and God knows the heart that could be. But he is saying very clearly, there's nothing that you can make, build, to honor me with 
<laughs> that I will inhabit. <laughs> you know, Solomon's temple blew them away. I mean, there was nothing like it. Nothing will ever be like it. Nothing was spared. I mean, the glory of the house of the Lord, the temple for God to inhabit, was beyond anything that you could hardly imagine. And even the people who worked on it were anointed. They were not just appointed. They were anointed to, to do the craftsmanship of it. Nothing was spared to honor God. But, the, but it was empty and void of His presence until they began to worship Him from the heart and praise Him. And the priests began to praise Him. The, in, the players of the instruments begin to, to praise him with the instruments. The people begin to sing and praise him when the sound of the priest, the sound of the instruments, then the sound of the people became as one, as praise to the Lord as they honored and revered him. The glory of the Lord filled that temple. Listen to what this is saying. Oh, that the glory of the Lord would fill this temple, our body, our heart, our life, our churches. Hallelujah. Listen, thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, Isaiah 66, 1. The earth is my footstool. Where is the house ye build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath mine hand made, and those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, woman, boy, or girl, I'll add. Even to him that is of a poor and contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. You see, the Most High becomes the Most Nigh. He draws near. We bow down, and he lifts us up. I've always loved this scripture. In Second Chronicles sixteen nine, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, <laughs> hallelujah, to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. And to ancient Israel he said, Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Your enemies will always be pursuing you, trying to destroy you. But I want to defend you. I want to show myself strong in behalf of you if your heart is perfect toward me. And where, what's he looking for? I believe it's evident right here in the scriptures as we read in this morning. He's looking for a humble and a contrite heart. Someone who will confess when we're wrong, who won't make excuses, who will repent of our sin and seek his forgiveness and restoration. He said, I'm going to draw nigh to you. I, 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 you can build houses. <laughs> Amen. You can build all kinds of edifices for me, but I'm looking for a heart to come and live in and feel at home in and make my home in. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, to be contrite is to be broken, crushed into little pieces, free from rebellion and resistance. To be comprised is, is to, to entrite is to be broken into little pieces, to be crushed into fine powder. In our pride and self-determination, stubbornness, 
we take a rigid form that refuses to be moved and molded. Oh, friend, we're kind of like a ceramic statue, hard and cold, and we do not easily bend to the will of God and allow the work of God in our life. We only stiffly abide in Christ and refuse to be conformed to Him. But when our pride is replaced by brokenness, we no longer hold out in a stubborn attitude, but we are broken into pieces and transformed into the shape of our container. And that's Jesus Christ. And this is the power and purpose of contrition. And such is the blessing of brokenness then. Someone has said that repentance begins with despair of self. Paul the Apostle put it this way, In my flesh, (laughs) there's no good thing. While recognizing that we can't change ourselves, we need to realize that our God can and will change us. Let us open our hearts today to the Holy Spirit. There's two things that we can resist Him with. We can quench Him when He comes to to convict us. We can quench the Spirit. We can resist Him. Scripture actually said on one occasion, How long resist you the Holy Spirit? And we can we can grieve Him by doing that that is born out of pride and stubbornness and self-exaltation and self-will. That's why the Scripture said if we're to follow Jesus, we must start with self-denial. That involves contrition. And then take up our cross in order to follow Him. Let's open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. Let's pray the prayer of David, Create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me and restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And God will draw nigh to us. Our shepherd, king, and savior, Jesus Christ, let's invite him to come and rule and reign in us. You know, the pattern prayer called the Lord's Prayer. It says, it is really just a pattern for all of us to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. And while that's that can refer to His coming to rule and reign, it is second coming when He comes to the earth through the millennial reign of Christ, it's also in the immediate sense, not in the future tense. It's something God wants to do here and now in you and in me. I believe it also involves Him coming to rule and reign in our life as the Lord of our life. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth and in us as it is in heaven. (laughs) While we're right here on earth, come and reign in us. Hallelujah. We bow to you. Someone put it this way, no one can say, thy kingdom come. No one can pray, thy kingdom come. 
until you first pray, My kingdom go. So today the challenge is to us that we would humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. If there's sin, that we might repent of that sin. If there's wrong attitudes and activities, that we might ask God's forgiveness and His help to overcome. And that we might therefore qualify as God's people to pray in intercession and have God draw nigh to us and manifest the the mighty, miraculous, supernatural answers that will change seemingly impossible situations. Glory be to God. Amen. If my people, which are called by my name, here's the attitude before the activity, would humble themselves and then pray and seek my face. Here's the activity of repentance and turn from their wicked way. I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. Glory be to God. God wants his, the eyes of the Lord. It's like radar. I want to be a big old blip on God's radar. If he's looking for someone who is humbling himself and releasing my faith in God's faithfulness and mercy, grace and love and power. I want to be a blip on God's radar. I want to draw nigh to Him so that He can in turn draw nigh to me. Because that is His desire. It's here in the Word of God. He wants to do a work in your heart, dear friend. He wants to do a work in my heart. Give Him access to your heart. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray today. Amen. For if we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need Him now. We sure do need Him now. Listen, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you ever needed the Lord before, You sure do lead Him now. Do you see how all the systems of man can be so shaken, can fail and come to naught? Do you understand how awful it is to be, as the Scriptures declare, without hope and without God in this present world? To face not only this world, but eternity. Without His forgiveness. Without the blessed assurance that salvation offers. If you draw nigh to God by repenting of your sin, even though sin has separated us from Him, Christ has paid the price on the cross for us to come to Him. And God wants us to come to Him. He wants to redeem us from our sins and from ourselves and from our adversary, Satan. 
Don't run from Him today. If you ever, ever, ever needed the Lord before, you sure do need Him now. Run to Jesus. Repent of your sin. Let that pride be crushed within you. And let humility repent, bring you to repentance. And let God save your eternal soul. And keep a promise until He takes you home forever to never leave you and never forsake you. In Jesus' name.